1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode
1: 19.
0: You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Medcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing.
2: Hey everyone, this is Dr. Abby Metcalf and you're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. So happy you're back. Love having you here. As you know, I get all so excited. I do. I'm so happy thinking of you guys out there driving or just sitting in your kitchen or wherever you are listening to my my voice, which hopefully isn't too annoying on a given day. Okay. Today is called Make Your Relationship Awesome by Focusing on the Bright Spots, and I'm really looking forward to today's broadcast because we're going to be talking about one of the main reasons you get stuck in a negative mindset with your partner and a great tool to get you out of that bad part. Pattern that you've been in and into a positive upward spiral in your relationship. So, today you're going to learn there's three main things uh, what the heck bright spots are and why you care, of course. Two, you're going to learn my five-step process to identifying bright spots in your relationship. You know how I'm all about breaking it down, making things into steps so you can actually do them. And then I'm going to give you one of my very favorite tools It's really effective to help you identify what's right in your relationship so you can keep doing the good stuff. You can keep that good stuff front and center. Now, What you're going to learn today goes perfectly with last week's uh, broadcast on how your lizard brain is killing your relationship, you know, because we talked a lot about how the lizard brain works and kind of this negativity bias and all that, but you don't, you know, if you haven't listened to that yet, of course, I strongly encourage you to go listen, but what you're going to learn today completely stands on its own. You do not need to have listened to that. I just wanted to give a shout out for it. I think, you know, they kind of, uh, marry well, I do try to uh do that with the podcast. They kind of build on each other in certain ways, but also stand alone uh so you know, go back to that when you're ready. That'll be great and okay, so let's jump right in and start with the big reason you get stuck in negativity with your partner. Now, the problem usually is that you're trying to fix what's wrong instead of starting and building from what's right. So yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) You don't build great companies, products, life-changing ideas, or great relationships by focusing on what's wrong. That's not how that happens. That just sends you down a bad rabbit hole without any of the tools you need to fix what you find. And, you know, again, my background in business comes in really handy with my work and relationships because, you know, that's so much of what, we get called in to do a lot, you know, a business is having trouble. I get called in usually with the executive actually is where I got called in, but you know, somebody was in trouble, something was wrong, right? That's why they call you in. And, but when you come in, it's really not just about, you know, fixing it. And a lot of times we do something called a SWOT analysis, where you look at your strengths and your weaknesses and your opportunities and your threats, you know, do this whole thing anyway. And I've brought a lot of that those ideas into the work I've done in relationships with people because it works. You know, if you're, it really does, those uh, skills and those tools are very transferable. And sadly, you know, we've spent a lot more money, time, research, and energy on things that work for businesses than we do on relationships. Uh, so, you know, using that stuff has been, uh, has worked really, really well with the couples I've worked with over the years and for myself in my personal relationships. So anyway, so, what I'm about to outline is, is a worldview shift that'll just drastically, drastically change the nature of your relationship. Because, again, like when I went into those businesses and they were looking for what was wrong, you know, to fix it, we would build on those strengths, those SWOT analysis that I just mentioned, those things would build on the strength. You wouldn't try to take what was the worst part of the company and build from there. Of course not. You would look at the strengths and tr- try to use those to help you with the weaknesses. And that's what I want you to do in your relationship. Start looking for what you and your partner do right. These are the strengths and it's always better to build from them, again, than your weaknesses. You'll get more momentum this way and you'll really start to see a snowball of positive change. And that's what gets people excited. It's kind of like, you know, if you go on a diet and you lost, you know, a quarter pound in the first week that's not much of a snowball you know <laughs> and you might not be motivated to stick to that diet but if you lost you know four pounds in a week or something woo you would be like yeah I want to stick to whatever this eating plan is it helps motivate you gets you going and you can't expect that kind of change every week you know uh, you're not necessarily gonna lose that much weight every week but when it starts there it starts to snowball and you really get into it and then those good habits take over and that stuff so i see bright spots like that now l- looking for what's right in your relationship again this is this bright spot thing and and again successful businesses have been using this for years so Uh, And what I love is there's been a lot of examples of it in the literature where um, people have bridged that gap. And authors who have done that really well, I think, are uh, Chip and Dan Heath. I don't know if you've read any of their books, but they're great. Um, One of my favorite books they wrote was called Switch, How to Change Things When Change is Hard. If you haven't read that, I highly recommend it. I will link to it in the show notes. It's great. I do not get money from them. (laughs) I'm not affiliated with them in any way. I just really like the book. Um, And what I do like about it is actually a book that is all about, again, changing things when change is hard from a business perspective, but also from a personal perspective. They use sort of the same research and they bridge it over the two. And there's a story in that book that I love that I'm going to repeat to you here um, that is just awesome. And it's about uh, uh, someone named Jerry Sternen in this group called Save the Children. And this is going to help explain Bright Spots so much better than anything else I could talk about. So I'm going to start there. So Uh, During the 1980s, Vietnam was one of the poorest countries in the world. Uh, Poor nutrition among the Vietnamese children, it was a serious public health problem. And in 1990, the government asked the international organization called Save the Children, most of you probably heard of that, to come into the country to fight malnutrition. That was the thing. And Jerry Stern, this man, was put in charge. Uh, And the problem was when he arrived... In Vietnam, he found himself in the middle of some office politics. I'm I'm putting that gently. It was was huge politics. And he was given very few resources, almost no staff, and was told he only had six months to make a difference in this, I mean, large-scale, multifaceted problem. It was huge. So, because at the time it was really a popular belief in Vietnam at the time that their malnutrition problem was the result of these huger, larger issues. They they had nationwide poverty, poor sanitation, there was a lack of clean drinking water, I, I mean, on and on. And so here this guy comes in with very few resources, no, almost no staff, no money, no time, you know, really short runway. And he's supposed to make all this change when there's these epically big problems that have been there for Decades, if not centuries, now, solving all these huge problems, right, if he was going to you know solve the water problem or the poor sanitation or the poverty was going to take years a lot longer than six months, and was certainly going to require it would seem a lot of money, a lot of staff, a lot of everything, a lot of resources and and Jerry had none of these things, so he was forced to look for a different solution to this malnutrition issue and His strategy was simple but revolutionary, incredible. He decided to send his small staff into the different poor towns and look for kids who weren't malnourished. So he turned the question around. Instead of asking, why are children in Vietnam malnourished? He asked, what are some mothers doing differently that's making their children healthier? And he went in search of healthy and, you know, like chubby kids. He went in search of these children uh, to find out what made them different, you know, successful. He was looking for bright spots. These are bright spots. These little chubby children were bright spots. So once his staff started questioning and observing the mothers of these healthier children in these poor villages, they found that they were doing some small things, very small things differently. Uh, For example... Uh, the mothers of the, some of these healthy kids were feeding their kids the same amount of food as the moms whose kids were malnourished. Uh, there was a lot of government subsidized food at the time that would come in, you know, these bags of grain and things like that. But but what they found was that they were giving it, these moms were giving their kids the uh, their food in smaller portions, which made them more digestible because, you know, malnourished kids have malnourished little tummies. If you put a ton of food in at once, it doesn't get absorbed in the same way as if you feed that food less, uh, the same amount of food, but you know, in littler portions over a longer period of time. So they fed them throughout the day and fed them more actively. In other words, really making sure that they ate all their food, that older kids didn't take the food that, you know, it was, uh, that they really... Put all that stuff into their mouth. In addition, these bright spot moms were adding things like tiny shrimp and crab, uh, sweet potato greens, things like that to their children's food, you know, things they'd find in the rice fields and that kind of thing. And they would add it to their food. So these added nutrients and protein were also making a difference. So these small behaviors were adding up to huge. Changes, and they started to adopt all these in these small changes with the other kids. They did this across you know these little behaviors I just outlined. And six months later, sixty-five percent of the children were better nourished. And these changes continued even after Sternin left. Eventually, the program reached over two point two million Vietnamese people in two hundred sixty-five villages. So huge, right? here's these little bright spots these huge terrible problems that no one can think they can possibly change with anything but you know millions of dollars and hundreds of people and look what happened with these talk about grassroots right efforts so you know when people come to my office they often feel overwhelmed with their problems you can imagine their issues seem too big to solve or they've had the difficulty for so long <coughs> excuse me I think there's no way it'll ever go away. The secret is that huge problems often only require small, simple steps and a different attitude to create monumental and totally truly lasting change, really what people can count on. These just small simple steps. So, the next time you approach a problem, instead of asking what's broken, how do I fix it? I really want you to think of asking what's working. And how can I do more of that? Think about how you can build on a previous success and go from there. So looking for bright spots is a different and effective way really to approach your world in general, let alone just you know your primary relationship. Instead of having a problem focus, you're going to start thinking about creating a solution focus. So you got to look for bright spots. It's, a, it's different. It's effective. It's a great approach to have it you know, into your world. Again, it's a problem focus that you get rid of and you start to have a solution focus. But of course, I know you're out there right now going, well, that's great, Abby, but how do I do that? You know, right now I'm pissed at my partner. Right now I feel overwhelmed. Right now I can't even think of all this. So I'm going to give you the five-step process to finding bright spots and what works in your relationship. So that's my job right now, a five-step process to finding bright spots and what works in your relationship. Now, Okay. So before I outline the five steps, I need you to have an understanding of something called the Pareto principle. And you've likely heard of this, you know, the Pareto principle. It's also called the 80-20 rule. <clears throat> Basically, you know, and again, this concept is normally used in business. Those of us who are ever in business school know it well. People in sales and marketing use it to identify their most important customers and products. That's usually where you see it a lot. They know that 20% of their customers give them 80% of their revenue or that 20% of their products give them 80% of their revenue. That's really what the Pareto principle of the 80-20 rule is. The most successful companies focus the majority of their attention on the 20%. They they know that to excel, that that 20% is critical. By focusing most of their attention on those clients and customers, that 20%, they'll make the most money in the least amount of time. So they stop focusing on things that don't add value, or they delegate, or they find support for the things that are necessary but aren't in their wheelhouse. Okay, so we're going to apply that to your relationship. If you think about your relationship, how much of your time do you spend on that 80% when I really want you focusing on the 20? Now, imagine it right now. Right now as you're driving or sitting, having sipping coffee, whatever you're doing, imagine if you were to only focus on what you do best, what you rock at. Imagine the results you could achieve as well as the way you'd feel. So by directing the majority of your energy to your relationship bright spots, okay, your relationship strengths, which is really what the bright spots are, you'll get the results you desire more quickly and with less pain overall. So it's kind of hard to beat, no? I mean, come on. So let's get into the five steps for identifying bright spots. And I'm really going to break this down for you, so, you know, really... Pay attention, be focused, whatever you got to do. You can come back later if you're driving or something to, again, the show notes will have these things identified and I'll have it all laid out for you. And as always, I have usually like a longer blog post that goes with this that'll talk about um, bright spots if you want to go look at that. Okay. So step one for identifying the bright spots in your relationship is number one, you got to identify what's out of whack. Okay. So you want to pick an area of your relationship where you feel out of whack. Like things are just totally off balance or they're just steeped in negativity. You know, the part that sucks, that really is not fun. Now, this is harder (laughs) than you might think because I want you to be specific. I want you to really be specific. In my experience, people start the process by saying things like, oh, we just don't communicate, right? We just don't communicate. And I, I don't, you know, or, or something like she nags me all the time. Now, these are very broad statements and I, I'm going to need you to dig a little deeper because saying this big won't be helpful. Okay. Now, for example, if you had a problem at work, you wouldn't say um, something like, oh, there's a big money flow issue, <laughs> something like that. Right. And leave it at that. That's how broad that is to say, we just don't communicate or she, he always nags me, or she never this. That's what that is. So if you had this problem at work, you know, the big money flow issue, you'd break it down. You'd figure out where and how the specific problems arise with the money flow. You'd problem solve individual areas. You'd try to find solutions. I need you to do the same thing with your relationship issues. I want you to break down these broad areas into smaller chunks. So if the big issue is we never communicate, You could break that down into smaller chunks, like, uh, and again, be very specific. Um, If I disagree with her, she thinks I'm criticizing her. I I just heard that the other night from somebody. Or um, another one I heard recently, I have to ask him multiple times to do something, and then he gets mad at me for reminding him. No, I don't have cameras in your home. Just a lot of you come in with the same problems. Or I tell him something that's bothering me, and he doesn't listen. He just goes into fix-it mode. Or... um, Another one is she oh she shares her problem with me, problems with me and then she gets upset when I try to help right These are very specific examples of not communicating well right so that's what I want It might feel like there are many ways you don't communicate for example, but you'll be surprised to see themes and the real issue if you break it down this way um, you know even think of other other things like time of day or 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 just energy levels Levels when you look at the themes. So maybe you always start off the day great. Maybe you guys at the beginning of the day always get along. You always have great mornings. Ha ha. But I'm just saying, but at the end of the day, maybe you find yourselves always arguing. So the problem area here could be something like, uh, we argue a lot and have a lot of misunderstandings in the evenings. Maybe you notice the theme that when you're worn out or run down, there's more arguings uh, more arguing more arguing and miscommunication, something like that, okay, so that was step one now, step two is to identify the bright spots, you know when you do it right, so with this in mind, you identify a few key bright spots that's what I want you to do. Remember that Pareto principle, so this could be just ten or twenty percent of all your interactions. I want you to think of a time when that bad issue that you just said, that thing that was out of whack, we don't communicate, when that issue wasn't there or seemed muted or less important, you know, it just wasn't a thing. So again, don't cop out on this and think there's nothing do you never communicate? Really? Never, ever. Are you sure she's always nagging you and there's not one minute this doesn't happen? You you know, you might have to dig deep and go back a bit in your relationship memory, but it's there if you look, you just, you got to look. So there's some reason you got married. There's something going on. So, and I'll tell you, I got a trick for this because you know me, I got a trick for everything. I, a trick for this is that it's often easier if you try to recall feeling a certain way with your partner than like a specific time. Um, So you might think of a time like with a feeling attached. So you might remember a time when you were, you know, cracking up, you really belly laughing with your partner or came together under a really stressful situation and were really bonded then. Uh, You could think of a time you felt supported or understood, you know, that feeling, how good that felt. Uh, Find that time you got a compliment or you were working effectively together on a project or a problem. Again, maybe a time you had fun or were laughing. Think of that. Uh, The words never and always are words to watch. It would be near impossible for that to be true. The trick is to pick out the times you do communicate effectively or you do feel appreciated. These, again, are the bright spots and where you want to have your focus.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Okay, now we're up to step three, which is breaking it down. And this one is going to take a minute. So I need you to take a breath and hang in there with me. We're halfway, pretty much step three of five. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to break down the bright spots into specific components we can use. Now, here again, I'm going to use, this is a super highly effective tool from the business world that I've adapted to the love world. And, uh, you know, in the business world, we have a lot of great tools for what we call rca or root cause analysis those of you out there who work in the business world you're like yeah i do that all the time okay and it's you this is usually part of like quality assurance or quality management in a company you know it's usually part of that department and i've i've worked in those departments before and so this is and it's just what it sounds like when we talk about root cause analysis it's trying to break down what seems like a big problem into its underlying causes, the root cause, right? Uh, You're doing an analysis to figure it out. So with root cause analysis, the goal is to identify four specific things. You want to identify what happened, how it happened, and why it happened, so that you can do step four, which is the most important thing, which is so that you can identify specific actions to prevent whatever it is from happening again in the future. That's right. You're trying to get to the root cause of something so it doesn't happen again, basically. Now, in this case, we're going to work it back to see what happened, not so that we can prevent it, but so that we can repeat it. Because we're looking at bright spots. We're looking for the good thing, not the bad thing. So again, I've kind of shifted around this root cause analysis. Now, and and again, this is the really important part. So the tool I use to break down the bright spots into specific control components, because I say break it down. You're like, how the hell do I break it down? What do I do? This particular tool I love. It's a popular tool for root cause analysis. It's called the five whys. And again, I adapted this from the work I used to do for businesses. And it again, works extremely well in relationships. Now, if you have children, I bet you're immediately turned off with the something called the five whys. You're thinking, I don't want to hear the word why any more than I already do, Abby. Thanks anyway. But you know, stick with me. (laughs) This one is great and not as annoying as your children or boss or partner, whoever. Okay. So now you can do this in your head or you can write it down on a piece of paper. Yep. Uh, so you all know, I like to be extra helpful. So I'll have a link in the show notes for a five wise worksheet. Um, you know, I gonna, mean, but you can really can just do it on a piece of paper, but I'll have a little worksheet for you if you want to go to the show notes and, uh, you know, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode, I think we said 19, right? And you just go there and you'll see it. Little episode on bright spots and it'll be at the bottom. So, uh, <laughs> so with the five whys, you know, you're going to identify uh, the bright spot you're using in a very specific way. So for example, so I'm going to start with an example. I'm just going explain, to explain how to do this with an example. Let's say your bright spot is that we had an awesome weekend. Right. So that's the one we're using. We had an awesome weekend together, Abby. That's our bright spot. So now you're going to ask these five whys and you're going to go deeper. Every time you answer, you're going to ask why to that answer is basically how it works. So now you're going to ask your first why and which is why the situation went so well. So your first why is you're going to ask, why did we have an awesome weekend together? Okay, because that was your bright spot. We had an awesome weekend together. Now I'm going to ask our first why. So, and you're going to, you know, again, write it down on the worksheet or on a piece of paper or just think it through in your head if that's what you want to do. You're going to write down this first answer to the why. And you want to try to be succinct and you want to think of the underlying reason it was so great. So again, I'm going to use this example. Maybe your answer is, well, we got along really well and didn't fight once all weekend. That's why it was so great. This is a fine answer. We're not at a root cause yet because it's not something we can replicate, but it, because you don't know yet why you got along so well and didn't fight, but that's okay because we're going to ask another why. <laughs> so now you're going to ask your second why and you're going to ask again for that last answer. Why didn't we fight once all weekend? You're going to ask yourself that. Why didn't we fight once all weekend? Now, the answer to that new question might be because I was in a great mood because my partner wasn't nagging me, right? Does this all sound familiar? Like something you might say? I think so because I took this actually from a couple, so so we're still not there. And we're, again, this isn't something I can replicate. It's not not a root cause. So we're going to ask a third why. And that question will be something like, well, why wasn't my partner nagging me? Right? Why weren't they nagging me? And this answer for this third why could be, well, because I did all the jobs he or she asked before the weekend started. You know, I completed my to-do list. Now we're still not at a root cause, so we're going to ask why a fourth time? And the next question might be, well, why did I do all the jobs before the weekend started? Why did I finish my to-do list before the weekend started? And your answer to that one might be, well, because I made them a priority during the week and caught up on all the stuff i have been ignoring. So we're going to ask why a fifth time and ask, why did I finally make my to-do list a priority, right? We've been going down and down and down with each of these. Now, the answer to this why might be um, because I made it a priority to leave work on time. So I had more time and energy when I got home or, you know, I wrote it on a to do on a board, a whiteboard every day. I kept it really visual. So I'd remember to do it, something like that. But let's say you said because you made it a priority to leave work on time. So you had more time and energy when you got home. Now we're on to something here, right? We're definitely onto something. We're onto a root cause and something we want to work with. This whole idea of leaving work on time and it results in this more energy. Now, an important note about this exercise, you have to stop when you've taken it to something you can't control. So for example, in this case, you might've thought the original root cause was because your partner was more patient than usual. You might've thought, oh, well, it's because he was being nicer than usual or more patient than he usually is. Well, that's not something you can control. So you need to look back and see what you can control in your answer. Okay. You need to see what you can control in your answer. So for example, if you answer that, well, he's more, he was more patient than usual. You can control your responses when your partner is impatient. So that, you know, that could be the answer. Well, even though he was impatient, I didn't react and I was able to still be loving and kind. I don't know, you know, whatever that is, but I'm just, I want to be clear with that. You always want to make sure it's something in your control, but okay. So now we have some sort of root cause. Either way, we have a root cause. And you can stop there. You can. And that's great because you can think, okay, how do I repeat this more? Wow, I really have to make it a priority to leave on time, You know, make sure I'm home, have more energy, whatever that is. Um, but I encourage you to take it, take it one step further and also identify strengths, clarity, and action steps because these will really bring the five whys home and will really help integrate this bright spot into your life. And again, this is on the worksheet, So, but I'm going to walk you through it just out loud. So now identifying your strengths will be this next step maybe of these three more things I want you to do. And the strengths in this situation might be uh, you know, you'd look at that and go, wow, I'm patient, fun, I'm kind when I give myself room to breathe. You know, if I give myself a little room, I'm really all these things. Or you might, another strength there might be that, hey, boundaries really help my life. When I have boundaries at work, I, you know, uh, I do better. It could be, another strength could be, I get a lot done with my time and I'm very capable. That's a big strength. So those are your strengths. Now you want to go to clarity, which is you're going to write down any aha moments, any clarity you're having after completing this exercise. Now, so in this situation, you might say, when I can leave work on time, I need to, I need to work on prioritizing my workday more and remember that it affects not only my home life, but my mood and thoughts as well. These are, again, sort of like any ahas you might have had from doing the exercise. And then lastly are the action steps. Right? Because again, it's great to identify things, but if you're not going to do anything with them, what's the point? Uh, So you want to identify action steps you can take based on the information you just got out of doing this exercise. So these should be specific and the steps should be small and sequential. Um, so in this case, we've been writing about, you might say, I need to focus on sticking to my schedule during the day, or I need to remember to say no when I really know, don't need to be involved in things at work. I, You know, you need to keep that in mind. So all of those things will be helpful because there'll be clear steps to do after, right? So if I'm going to now, I'm going to set the uh, alarm on my phone for 10 minutes to five so I remember to leave on time so I don't get lost in a new in a new thing at work, something like that. So, cause I'm always leaving on time, whatever that is for you, that's going to specifically help you follow through. And then I do want to make one last note that you can definitely stop before the five whys. Cause it, you know, or it might take you more than five, you know, you might be going to those five whys. You might have the 10 whys. I don't know, but, and you could stop earlier. You just need to go with it. Remember, sometimes there's more than one root cause sometimes, you know, You're going to go down a track that doesn't quite get you where you want to go. And so, you know, reassess in the questions where you need to be. Okay. Now, so that's, that's breaking it down. That's step three. And I want to get back to the actual five-step process for finding bright, bright spots. So I want to review for a minute. In step one, you identified what was out of whack in your relationship. In step two, you identified an actual bright spot or two. Step three was all about breaking it down. And we used the five whys to, tool to do that. And that's probably the longest one, just so you know, step three. The other ones, as you can tell, are pretty short. And four and five are short too. So step four is next then. And step four, this next step to find ways to emphasize a, uh, emphasize a bright spot or bright spot component, I want you to think back to what you learned in the five whys for a minute. You know, what did that root cause analysis tell you? That you need to take days off from work more often, that you do better when you work out early, that you need to focus on self-awareness and meditate more, I don't know, you know, whatever it told you, do these things more. Each day, think how you can incorporate a bright spot component or action step from your five whys into your day. That's step four, is to incorporate something, to do something, to do one thing that integrates a bright spot more, you know, that, that root cause for how you got the bright spot, sorry, how, what integrates that more. That's what you're looking to do. And again, this can be very simple, very short. It could even be, you know, not hitting the snooze button on the alarm because you 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 have more attention all day. It could be that you always, whenever I have a good breakfast, you know, I really eat better the rest of the day, which puts me in a better mood, which I don't know, uh, makes me more willing to go work out when I get home with my, with my husband or wife, something like that. I, I'm making stuff up, but you get the idea. So that's step four. And step five is pretty much the flip side of four. (laughs) In step four, right, right, I had you focus on adding things, adding something that would help integrate this bright spot. In step five, I want you to focus on eliminating things. I want you to find ways to downplay, problem solve, or eliminate any common negative situations so that these bright spot practices have more focused and you can use them easier they're they're more readily available to you so i'm going to give you a great example recently i was seeing a couple that were fighting all the time about whose turn it was to walk the dog in the morning it would be the husband's turn, but then he had an early meeting. Then he was supposed to make up the day, but he'd argue that he'd already made it up and she forgot and she'd argue that he didn't do it or she was sick one day and then he did it and there was an extra and they, started, they had spreadsheets when I saw them. There was an Excel sheet on this. They had a Google Doc open. There were calendar reminders, I, all forms of craziness around walking the damn dog in the morning. And they were having just these epic battles and starting almost every workday off on a negative note. It made me crazy. So what was the big solution? Get a neighborhood kid to come in the morning and walk the dog. Yep, that was it. So at, <laughs> at first, they argued that this wasn't necessary, that this was a bad way to spend their money. They just need to figure it out. I mean, I kind of suggested they get someone else to walk the dog, I think, in the first session, by about the fifth session, when we were still arguing about this damn dog walking. I, I said to them, this is crazy, right? They had all these reasons about not spending the money, blah, 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 figure it out. But sometimes you need to get over what's, you know, reasonable, And just get the damn issue off your plate. You can take all day long, uh, sorry, you can talk all day long about how something should be. You can do it all day long, chit, chit, chit. Chat, chat, chat about how it should be. But if you can just get past that and accept what is as opposed to what should be, you might actually find some peace. And this is really step five of just sometimes getting things off the plate. You know, it's not always about battling it out. You know, I always ask couples, do you want to die on this hill? Like, is this a hill you want to die on? You know, and to me, the dog walking should not be that hill. It really shouldn't. That's not the place. So, Positive psychology research tells us over and over and clearly that if we focus on developing and using more of our strengths, it'll help us to get the best from ourselves and feel happier. Now, I'm not saying you can completely ignore your weaker areas. You still need to manage those, especially the ones that trip you up the most or that are holding you back. But don't try to be great at these. When it comes to limitations, shoot for good enough or get them off your plate, right? That's all you need to do. Okay. So there you have it. Those are the five steps for finding bright spots in your relationship for this, the whole bright spot tool. You know, this whole idea uh, is such a great way to be. I I can't stress it enough. It's such a great place to put your energy and your effort. Again, it doesn't mean that everything is Pollyanna and we only look at the good and aren't we great. It means that as you start to cultivate these bright spots, these strengths in your relationship. Number one, some things will fall away that you realize were ridiculous that you were fighting over, like the damn dog. And two, when things do happen, when things are hard that you do have to address bigger things than the walk in the dog, you'll have all this great reserves to draw from. What happens a lot when I meet with couples is they try to make withdrawals and there's no money in the bank. Working on bright spots puts money in your savings account, puts money in your checking, puts money in in money markets, puts money in, in stock and everything. There's great assets that start to build that you can then liquidate, withdraw, debit later and still have tons in the bank and tons of resources around to draw from. When you're always in deficit and you're always overdrawn in the account and you just keep focusing on being overdrawn, there's a problem. At some point, you got to go out there and earn the money, right? You have to earn money before you spend it. And that to me is what bright spots are. It's going out to earn the money before you spend it (laughs) because you will have to spend it. There will be tough things. But when you have this as a base, it makes everything so much easier. Okay. That's it for today. Thank you so much. I want to give a shout out again about my book, um, The Ten Keys to Being Happily Married, Even if Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. Uh, and you can find that on my website. If uh there's a wait list, you can also sign up for that on the website. There will be a link in the show notes to either the wait list for the book or where you can actually buy the book. Uh, when you go to the show notes on the website. I already said that, sorry. And <laughs> I hope as always that you share this information with anyone who you think it would be helpful to. You know, really think about helping other people's lives, not just your own and sending the message. That's, you know why I do the podcast is to spread the message and to really give good information out there that's helpful, that's actionable, that you can really use to change your relationship without having to even spend a little penny with just just your time, which is valuable in and of itself. But if you really listen and practice the tools, that's where you start to see things. Uh, And lastly, as always, I love when you send in questions or problems you'd like, you know, something you might want to hear a podcast about or something you'd like solved. Please feel free to always email. Me, I do answer at abby at abbymedcalf.com, or you can hit me up on Facebook or uh, Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter any of those places. You can, you know, follow me on any of those social media. The, all the links are on my website, uh, and you can follow me there and hit me up there. It'd be great to hear from you. Have a great, amazing day, everybody, and I'll see you on the next broadcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.